This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our sense from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, beginning with verse 1. It's found on page 71, the New Testament of your Pew Bible. We are concluding our series today, which is titled, Thy Kingdom Come. And this story of Zacchaeus is a fitting closure. Let us hear the word of the Lord. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up, And said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there. And said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man, son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that by the Holy Spirit you would illumine this word so that what took place may actually take place now, today. In our hearts, we make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever experienced a celebrity procession? In our church, member Linda Alford did last year in May. She went to England with her granddaughter, Emily, in order to catch a glimpse of the royal couple, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle Markle, on their wedding day. Linda grew up in the UK, and she wanted to share what it was like to be amidst royalty with her granddaughter. So standing on the edge of the broad, green, grassy lawn near Windsor Castle, It was a bright blue sky, perfect spring day for the wedding. 
Linda and Emily were among 100,000 people who hoped to catch a glimpse of the royal couple. What they did was to choose a place in the bend of the road so the royal, the Rolls Royce would need to slow down as the bride was brought to the castle. It worked perfectly. They saw her through the window. They were perfectly stationed when, after the wedding, the carriage drawn by four horses went past them. It was a perfect way to see royalty. Jesus passes through Jericho as royalty. Everyone wants to get a glimpse of him. What we will see in these ten verses is that Zacchaeus could not see Jesus very easily. And that Jesus finds Zacchaeus. And that Zacchaeus enters the kingdom of God, which is the source of generosity. Let's look at that first point. Zacchaeus cannot see Jesus easily. So Jesus comes as royalty. The whole gospel of Luke is about the kingdom of God. This is what Luke has more than any of the other gospels. The kingdom of God is near. Now in chapter 9, it is where in our gospel he turns his face towards Jerusalem. He's up in Nazareth. He's going to go through the country of Samaria, which was a stench to the Jews, and then re-enter through Jericho to go up to Jerusalem. Now, Capernaum, Jericho, these are the points of entry into Israel. And in a point of entry, it's where the Romans collected taxes. It's where they had tolls upon any merchandise that was traveling on their roads. That's why in Capernaum and Jericho, we find tax collectors. It would be like going to Terminal E of Logan Airport and finding E of Logan Airport and finding custom agents or the port of Boston and finding agents for the merchant vessels. So Jesus, this king, is approaching Jericho. You can imagine the thunderous noise of thousands of conversations the cloud of dust kicked up from the road as they approach, people believed Jesus might be that new king of the Jews. He's coming through Jericho to go to the capital, Jerusalem, most likely to be crowned. The air must have been electric. He comes as royalty and everyone wants to see him. Zacchaeus comes out as a chief tax tax collector. He's rich. In my reading in an encyclopedia about this, I learned a few things. A chief tax collector did not get the position by being promoted because he was a very faithful bureaucrat in the IRS serving the public. He was a chief extortionist. In the New Testament, the Romans 
had a farm system for collecting taxes. It had front men, middlemen, and a chief tax collector. A man could only become a tax collector by bidding against others for how much he was going to get out of the people for Rome, pocketing what he chose. So that meant the system he chose. So that meant the system was a bunch of tough, competitive, threatening bullies. It was a system rigged for personal gain through extortion and intimidation. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. It means he was the person most invested in this corrupt system. Now, we know that in the Gospels, tax collectors, harlots, sinners, they're all, they're all in this group together. You say the name, oh, you want to spit. When people were, were taught by the rabbis, the rabbis told the Jews, do not even associate with families of tax collectors. Treat them as outsiders, the kids. So this is going to explain why the crowd reacts as they do when Jesus invites him. Zacchaeus, however, cannot see Jesus. He's, as we would say, short, soft expression would be vertically challenged. A soft expression for being old is what? Chronologically challenged. A soft expression for being overweight is what? A full figure for a woman or for a man. It's letting himself go. Zacchaeus is vertically challenged and he wants to see Jesus. We read in verse 3 that he was trying. That word is he was diligently, earnestly, craving, trying to find Jesus. He's trying to see who Jesus was, is how it is translated. In the original language, to gaze, to gawk, it's actually to consider. Zacchaeus wants to understand who Jesus really is. He's more than a spectator. He is an active seeker. Like Zacchaeus, there are many people who are seeking him today. But there's one major problem. Zacchaeus cannot see Jesus because the crowd is in the way. Has anyone ever gotten in your way of seeing Jesus? For some who seek him, it is the institutional church that has gotten in the way. A few years back, the Barna Research Group commissioned a study that resulted in the book Unchristian. Commissioned a study that resulted in the book Unchristian. And in the report, a large percentage of young adults in America shared their experience of Christians. Using words like hypocritical or insensitive or judgmental. Sometimes the people who are supposed to represent Jesus block him from view. Are, are you like Zacchaeus? 
Is that your story? Have you felt like you needed to leave for a while because of what you've seen or experienced? Jesus comes. The crowd blocks him from view. You wonder, though, why wouldn't someone let Zacchaeus through, cut through to the front of the line? Well, they, re they reject him because of what he's done. His past comes back to bite him. And this happens in families every day. Past actions or words that someone will not let you forget. A financial decision in the past, it brings daily regret. Are you trying to see Jesus but the crowd or something in your past is getting in the way? Look at Zacchaeus. The hunger in his soul is so great that he cannot ignore it. He swallows his pride. Verse 4. He hikes up his robe over those stubby little legs and he runs. No man in the first century with any dignity only runs. He goes right up to a sycamore fig tree. It's a short, squatty tree with a large trunk, wide branches. He pulls himself up to the nearest branch, throws one leg over and then the other. When was the last time you climbed a tree? Was it like when you were eight or nine or ten? When was the last time as an adult you climbed a tree? A person will do anything who is hungry enough for God. Blaise Pascal, 17th century philosopher and mathematician, said, none of us are as happy as we were created to be. Pascal describes this as an infinite abyss, a giant hole that only God can satisfy. Only God can satisfy. Zacchaeus has a giant hole in his heart that only God can satisfy. What about you? Do you know that longing? That longing that Zacchaeus has what will you do to see Jesus? We find now that Jesus finds Zacchaeus. Verse 5. When Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down. I must stay at your house today. Perhaps Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name because he heard the taunts of the people who saw him in the tree. We don't know. But we do know that Jesus said he must. That word is what Jesus uses when it's a divine appointment. He was meant to be there, see there, see Zacchaeus, and say we must spend time together. So we see in verse 6 that Zacchaeus hurries down. It's a word that is quickly eagerly, like children springing from bed on Christmas morning. He receives Jesus with joy. And joy is what floods the human heart whenever there is a response to Jesus' initiative. 
Do you know the primary reason that visitors return and eventually become members of a church? A survey of 26 different congregations reveal that the reason is, and I quote, the congregation acts like it really believes Jesus is alive. And through a collective effervescence and joy that pervades everybody, that pervades everything that is done there. Zacchaeus responds with joy. And how does the crowd respond? They all begin to grumble. Would you please reproduce that sound, please? Let's hear some grumbling. Yeah, it's excellent. All right. Do you remember when Harry and Meghan, the the royalty of Sussex, revealed the name of their newborn son? It was not the name the booking agents bet on, Archibald, Alexander, Arthur, Albert. It was what? Archie. And across the globe, there was a collective, oh. The crowd grumbles because Jesus accepts Zacchaeus. Pastor Earl Palmer gives us a contemporary example. Suppose, he says, you were a campaign manager for Jesus. You land at the Las Vegas airport, and Jesus steps off the plane. Over on the edge of the tarmac is a long black Cadillac with those tented electric windows. The windows go down a few inches, and you see eyes peeking out. Jesus says, hey, Joe, I see you in there. It turns out it's Joe Regalo. Mafia chief for Las Vegas? I want to spend the night in the Sands Motel you own, says Jesus. Imagine. Imagine now the man that you hate the most jumps with joy at Jesus' invitation and walks off with him to his house. The procession grinds to a halt. He now is despised. He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Jesus finds Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus responds with joy. The crowd despises Jesus. What is going on? Jesus tells us, verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Jesus is the king. He is the king who comes to defeat evil by taking it upon himself. He is the king who identifies with sinners. He identifies with you and me. For Zacchaeus, you and me, this king will go to the cross. Our third point, Zacchaeus enters the kingdom of God, the source of generosity. Zacchaeus enters the kingdom of God, the source of generosity. Verse 8, something transpires in that time with Jesus. It changes the heart and mind of this man. After being with him, he throws open the doors and the windows onto all the crowd, and it's nothing short of a 180-degree turn. Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay it back four times as much. 
Now, this is radical generosity. The man universally recognized as a crook has a radical change in his character. And whenever we witness such a change from conversion in a person like that, we see firsthand the divine power of God at work in the world, but in ways that bless society. Jesus came to save the lost, but it was not a private affair only. When Zacchaeus was saved, when he entered the kingdom, it had repercussions for his family, for his community, and beyond. We see in the story of Zacchaeus a clear example of what it's like when a person enters the kingdom of God. It changes the inner heart and the outward behavior. And the will and the reign of God is manifest in an individual, and it becomes expressed in relationships. Zacchaeus became radically generous. That was the motivation. What is your motivation? Is it the gospel? Does that produce, does that produce a joy and a radical generosity? We heard, read from 2 Chronicles 31, beginning with verse 4, that it was the king, Hezekiah, reading scripture, who said, we must bring the tithe, 10% of all from our fields and our, and our cattle, to the Lord. And the response to the king was overwhelming. It was more than enough, with plenty left over. Zacchaeus now responds to the king of kings, who found him a crook and gave him a new heart. Jesus announces today, salvation has come to this house. This house, that means the family. His decision affected his dear little ones, his wife, who had been been cut off because of the sins of Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. No longer is he that one you want to spit when you hear his name. Salvation has come. The kingdom of God dwells in him. He is living under the reign of the true and eternal king. He is doing this by faith. It shows in his life. Jesus' mission was fulfilled. He came to seek and save the lost, those who forgot who they were, created by God, bought with a price, chosen, blessed to be a blessing. What about you? Have you at any time lost your identity in this world, forgotten that you were made by by God and for God, who paid the price for your redemption? who restores your joy, who gives you radical generosity. I close with a story of a couple in New Zealand. Michael Joyce's memory was being snatched by Alzheimer's. His disease was advanced enough that he forgot that he was married to his wife of 38 years. But he knew that he loved her. And therefore, one morning... He proposed to her. She said yes. 
So when are we going to do this, he asked. Here's how Linda Joyce invited her friends and community to their second wedding. My adored hubby of 38 years suffers from Alzheimer's, and two days ago, out of the blue, with tear-filled eyes, he asked me to him and said I would be delighted to be his wife. On their wedding morning, Linda Joyce wasn't sure he would remember, but he woke up and told his betrothed, today's the day. The beaming couple exchanged vows at a scenic lake near their home as friends looked on. There's been a lot of sadness and a lot of frustration, Linda Joyce said. And despite all the fogginess, today has been pure joy. Today, salvation has come to this house. It was the day that Zacchaeus entered the kingdom of God, the source of radical generosity. What about you? Is today the day? Let us pray. Ah, King Jesus. Ah, King Jesus. Come. Come into any place in our lives where we've been cut off from you, where we have not been touched by joy, where we do not know our name even, or why we are here. Put us back in relationship, and may it be expressed with the joy of radical generosity. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.